Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's like Pinhead shows up and like threatens to take you to the Yu-Gi-Oh dimension, basically. Well, there's your isekai anime that we were yeah. talking about on the bonus content. Ja- Jamie's isekai anime is is solving the Millennium Puzzle and then being taken by Pinhead to the Yu-Gi-Oh dimension to be, <laughs> to be sexually tortured for all eternity. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Bones here, the internet's number one fake history podcast kit returns halfway through spooky season uh, because we recorded a few extras and took two weeks off. Uh, I am an angel to some and demon to others, Peter O'Donohue, and I have been summoned with... Ah, I fell into all these pins! They're poking me in the face! All these pins are poking me in the face, Peter! (laughs) Are you a bowling ball for Halloween? What are you? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I threw myself down a bowling lane and I uh, got hit in the face with all these pins. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I'm I'm James. I'm the ball cleaner. Like the, like the, the golf course one. It's got like the corkscrew with the brushes on the inside. Yep. yep. You ever seen that? I have. They should make something like that for um, for like for dishes, like oh. a dishwasher or something. Like a dishwasher. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah that, like, that's exactly what I want is a a, a a a rotating pillar that I can put one plate into full of steel wool that I was like <laughs> just your, after uh, every time I eat. Take, like take a dishwasher, make it more manual, honestly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> put a crank on it actually. Well you could like double it up. You could like churn your butter while also like washing your utensils or something. Okay, yeah. yeah. You have you have you have it on you have like a butter churner on one on one end on of the bottom table yeah. and yeah. then a uh you your your uh, plate grater on the other yeah. end of the inversion table, and you like swap back and forth. Yeah, or you, know, you could just, if you had it set up like a rail car, you could have <laughs> your your single plate go down as the butter whatever the broomstick. Looking Honey, thing. help you know, me you do the be, dishes. You get a pendulum. You get a pendulum to get it to go both ways, right? Like, yeah. yeah. I, I I the the only thing is actually I, I go back on this. I'll never need anything to wash my utensils because we're making garlic bread forks. Um, and that's where right. we eat all of our pescetti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's Jamie and Ethan. Uh, Jamie the inventor and Ethan bowling pinhead. Um, wow. Okay, can, can I... Uh, I am so curious, Jamie, what kind of math you were trying to do for the the countdown to this, yeah, <laughs> this nine. Oh, I use it as an I use it as an excuse to not because Pete said, "How about you count us in one, two, three, go for how many weeks we've had off," and yeah. as an excuse to just not need to count more than once, I just said, "I'm not going to do the math." And yeah, just, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Jamie's like a pretty girl. He plays dumb it's, to not embarrass Ethan and I. Yeah, <laughs> Pete's saying nine. Did we not take three weeks off or two? We took three. No, we, we took three. Yeah. No, well, oh, 
on the 26th? Yeah. We've been Oh, no, it felt like three... Because the last time we recorded, it would have been three weeks until we needed to record. But we were technically that one week we were just doing our normal schedule. Yeah. Okay. Right. Exactly. So we're off. Um, Yeah, but I I would have gone three, two, one, go, three, two, one, go. I would have done three, two, one, go twice. That's And then... That's yeah. the only way I was thinking it. Now Pete's saying nine, and I'm like, wait, what's going on? Yeah. Can, can the Lord boys do math? Well, because I was thinking three, two, one, three, two, one, three, two, one, or three, two, one, go three times. Personally, already I, this is yeah. my worst nightmare because I tried to avoid this whole thing, <laughs> and now <laughs> it's taking up so much time. I brought it Speaking back. of yeah. nightmares, <laughs> uh, as it is, of course, spooky season, and I don't know if we'll bother with the pre-roll warning for those who may not, uh, maybe a little weak of constitution. Uh, I'll warn you now that if you're not into ghouls, gore, and ghosts, uh, check out some of our other episodes. There are literally hundreds uh if the horror flavored ones are not up your alley um but today's hellraiser episode was requested by sad clown toodles and actually magnus the pink um who while they aren't patrons like atlas pendragon Fatboy AP, Better Be Tybalt, and Taylor Thomas. Um, I know they were still into the Halloween stuff, and I needed something Halloween-y. Um, Magnus actually requested Hellraiser like four minutes before I connected to Discord, so good timing. Getting getting into the episode right on the wire there, buddy. <laughs> so, Hellraiser. Um, I assigned you guys some homework to watch the movie last night. Did you I do it? I actually <laughs> thought it was the movie Hellboy. I know. Like, yeah, the, the guy with the red hair. The, the, the guy. <laughs> so his... you said that. You said that on in our Discord channel, James, and, I, and we had a laugh about it. I said, ha ha ha. And then Ariane asked what episode we're doing. And I was like, oh, we're doing. Uh, uh, I can't even remember the name of it. Hellraiser. Hellraiser. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, oh, is that like the red guy with like the cutoff horns? <laughs> That's what I thought too. <laughs> I like, Jamie said the same thing. The big stone <laughs> hand. Yeah. yeah. No, it's the guy with a bowling ball for a head that hits all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the Hellraiser series, I think. Um, well, my familiarity, I've, I listened to the first 45 minutes of the audiobook, which is on YouTube, and so far so good. Um, and then also I've seen the first movie. Uh, but the Hellraiser series, I think, dethrones Assassin's Creed as god king of dumb cool world subtitles. So we have Hellraiser, we have Hellbound, Hellraiser 2, Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth, Hellraiser 4, Bloodline, Hellraiser, Inferno, Hellraiser, Hellseeker, my favorite, Hellraiser Deader? Just, just <laughs> does that have a question mark or just like? Is it no, that was that's me. As I can't. I can't I, <laughs> what if Bon Jovi? I, I want to know. What if Bon Jovi took the same shortcuts? She wanted, wanted Deader. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Then there's yeah. Hellraiser Hellworld, Hellraiser Revelations, Hellraiser Judgment. And then finally, we come around the side of the Hollywood horseshoe, and we get the what is probably a pointless remake, Hellraiser 2022, which is allegedly a reboot quill or something. Um, I checked IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes or one of the ones, some aggregator, and like audiences and critics both put it at like six out of ten, so it's probably fine. Um, the trailers are all really fucking dark. It's really hard to see things, which in my experience, is just a cheap trick to hide shitty VFX. But uh, don't know. If you've seen the new the new, new Hellraiser, um, let me know how it is over on Discord, which is linked below. Um, it was written by David Goyer, who has other, like, five-head, 200 IQ scripts like Batman v Superman and Terminator Dark Fate under his belt. So <laughs> uh, if you can imagine, I don't think Hellraiser 2022 
is any better than the six out of ten that it's uh that it's gotten so i mean okay. to be fair uh the google aggregate is showing 6.1 okay so imdb is 6.1 ron tomatoes is 67 percent, so 6.7 out of 10 for the Not original bad. oh no, wait sorry this is giving me okay this is giving me 2022 that's why yeah Mm, it's not even out it, yet. I think it, uh, it is out. I'm I'm not I'm not sure. I I didn't try and watch it legitimately for research. Oh, so Rotten Tomatoes on the on the original Hellraiser is seventy. So seven out of ten. Yeah, so, fucking got it. <laughs> right, right about there. Honestly, <laughs> barely worse. The the original is really really fucking cool. I I've I watched it last Halloween at my my buddy Brandon's place when we were just watching a bunch of horror movies basically to get in the spirit of things and um i think it's great it's got a lot of really cool practical effects and some not so good practical effects which you guys will see in the spoiler images that i posted but uh broadly speaking i think it's pretty cool i so, so i've never seen hellraiser uh i know who pinhead is uh from from the cultural zeitgeist yeah um oh his I, name is pinhead yeah Oh, oh who you call him Pinhead? I thought that yeah. was I thought we were just joking because he had so many pins in his head, but no, his name <laughs> Okay, spot on. Yeah, Clive Barker was joking. Wrote the right. book. Uh so I, I'm I'm we'll like get aware, into all that. Yeah. I'm aware of Hellraiser. I had no and I, I know this happens with horror movies and horror movie franchises. I had no fucking clue there was eleven films. Like yeah. Jesus. Oh uh, boy. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, there's one. It's like a cult classic. They let it they let it lie peacefully. Surely. Surely they did not disturb its slumber. No, I mean, like, a, a horror franchise that has been beaten severely to death is, like, Alien. And there's seven movies, which is six and a half too many, right? Yep. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen any of them. Maybe I they're amazing. I like to. I thought, I thought Alien. I like Aliens, the, I like the original. Yeah. I like the original quadrilogy. I mean, they do get progressively worse, for sure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, by comparison to, like, the AVP films or the... Uh, the oh, I uh, forgot about AVP. Uh, yeah, or the, uh, I can't even that? remember. I can't even remember the ones with the like, the Jesus. The space What's the one movie where like toothpaste was the the thing to beat the aliens or whatever? Or it was like something. Oh really no, it was dumb. Head and Shoulders. That was Evolution. <laughs> I'm thinking shoulders. of Evolution. Oh, <laughs> head and Shoulders. <laughs> that movie's movie, great. The movie Head Head and Shoulders, <laughs> or the movie Head and Shoulders, the movie Evolution with David Duchovny. Yeah. I just yeah. remember there's like a bomb with like a smiley face or an alien with a, like a weird yeah. smiley face on the front. It's the it's like... it's the classic smiley face, but it's with got three eyes. Three eyes. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it's like the it's like an alien spore lands and it causes things to like rapidly evolve or whatever. So they yeah. end up with like these caves full of fungus, which then like evolve species like independent species on their own, basically. Right. Yeah, and then there's like the dinosaur stage, and then there's the primate stage, and then the whatever the gigantic starfish stage. It's like all life converges into one being, and then they yeah they put head and the, shoulders up its, it's butt the, and it dies. It's crab. It's the crab stage. They just ran out of budget for the claws. Wow. Exactly. Everything's yeah. converging towards crap, right? <laughs> I wonder, like, well, how much head and shoulders had to pay to get that. Like, we could be in a different world. Like, what if, um, I don't know, like, Vaseline decided to do that? I don't know. Vaseline up the butt actually might not kill anything. But... No, it would, it, would, it would make it indestructible. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the head and shoulders wouldn't be able to, to pierce the Vaseline. Yeah. <laughs> the petroleum <laughs> jelly shield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So the original Hellraiser film was written and directed by Clive Barker uh, and was based on a novella called The Hellbound Heart by Clive Barker. So it's very much like an if you want something done right moment in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. uh, though I do like to think someone took him aside during the production of the film and said, Clive, I know you had your heart set on calling it sadomasochists from hell, but maybe use your second choice. 
Because <laughs> the working title of the film was Sadomasochists from Hell. From Hell. Um, Sadomasochists, what? dot, dot, dot. From hell. Right? From hell. Yeah, of course. In different, in different like impact font, basically. Uh, one reviewer called it the best horror film to ever be made in Britain, and I don't know what the bar for horror films in Britain was in 1987, but there we go. I think they did apparently, that. Apparently, uh, seven out of ten was the best movie that Britain had, the best horror film that Britain could put out. They did like what? Retake the block, which is where those like aliens attack London, and there's that like Cockney gang that that takes them on. Didn't that come out like ten years ago? That's not old, yeah. I'm just, uh, yeah. Hmm. I'm saying it's a it's a British horror film, and that's that's the that's as far as I go. Does Shaun of yeah. the Dead count? <laughs> uh, probably. Yeah. Have no. you tried driving through London traffic? That's a horror on its own. Oh, the own. M5 man, forget trying to find a flat at a reasonable price in the most Eesh. expensive city on earth. Can't mm. get no respect. <laughs> it sounded like it's pretty good yeah it's pretty good uh the wikipedia page's first paragraph about hellraiser is kind of like almost a, a comedic in tone because the last line reads roger ebert decried its bankruptcy of imagination it was followed by nine sequels which is just like roger ebert calling a spade a spade basically yeah. <laughs> So prior to writing the no- prior to writing novellas, excuse me, uh, or directing films, Clive Barker was actually a gay prostitute in London, um, and the experience inspired him to create a story about good and evil in which sexuality was the connective tissue. Uh, so maybe our next great horror auteur is some chick doing ASMR on OnlyFans right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe there's a bunch of drama going on with. Amaranth and her husband right now by the way it's crazy I don't know if I should bring it up on the episode but uh, not in not in the middle no. here but I, I am no, tendentially yeah. aware of that just it, every time I go on Twitter a couple times a day to just retweet shit yeah. posts for the Lord no, boys accounts, I do feel like always trending basically she's she's about to be single Pete so we have a chance so finally <laughs> man which one of you is going to be good and which one of you is going to be evil because she's the connective tissue right right oh yeah <laughs> connective tissue for all society really <laughs> So Clive Barker's experience in BDSM clubs inspired some of the character designs uh, along with some of the things that he saw in a some kind of club called Cell Block 28 in New York City. Uh, it was like a body-piercing fetish club, sure. basically. Cool. Um, the novella and its sub-three-hour audiobook, very much worth taking a look at, uh, opens with a man named Frank Cotton fiddling with a puzzle box that he had bought in Germany, and he's currently hiding out in his dead mother's old house. Uh, the box is called the Le Marchand configuration after its alleged creator, Philippe Le Marchand, uh, and was said to be open, uh, able to be open. Fuck's sake. Uh, <laughs> three weeks off, two weeks off. I forget yeah. I speak English. That's hard. <laughs> uh, the box you're also, said to be fair, you're also speaking French. I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst kind of English. <laughs> <laughs> um so the the puzzle box was said to be able to open a schism between our dimension and a dimension of pure pleasure um our boy frank is an addict you see uh he is a brutal and selfish bdsm addict uh so focused on his pursuit of pleasure that he routinely ignores the desires of his lovers and often causes them harm um, it says he's a criminal. I don't know if there's like active sex charges against him in the book. Not certainly not in the film. Um, but he definitely is like the worst kind of dommy lover, basically. The worst, the worst kind of pervert. 
Yeah, it, no, exactly. No limits, no safe word, no respect. He's just, no respect. Can't get no safe words. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's why he's... I mean, he is, like, so addicted to pain and pleasure that um, the world's greatest salesman could sell him a puzzle box. I was just like, yeah, that'll open a schism into another dimension of ultimate pain and pleasure. And he's just like, whoa, where do I sign up? Yeah. Instead of just like, there's an extreme whorehouse somewhere in Germany you can go to. It's like, magic box. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the film... The box is brown with gold trim, so you guys can open the first uh, spoiler image and uh, maybe do a little audio booking yourself. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's a puzzle box, all right. It's got uh, it's brown box inlaid with gold designs on each face. Looks like unique designs on each face, which presumably has like hidden little mechanisms. If we can solve it, you open a, a portal to the, the Slanesh dimension. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Looks like a dial on one side. Like I can't even tell other than the dial what would really move. Yeah, I don't know. That that one face kinda looks like my mother. <laughs> <laughs> and if it if this was a pyramid, I might think it was uh Yugimoto's Millennium Puzzle. Yeah, uh, yeah, that would work. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, it kinda looks like that too, yeah. Yeah. Uh except when you put this together you don't become a really cool old uh pharaoh from the shadow plane. You maybe open you do. A schism. If that's if that's your pleasure, right? Yeah. yeah maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe. It's like Pinhead shows up and like threatens to take you to the Yu-Gi-Oh dimension, basically. Well, there's your Isekai anime that we were yeah. talking about on the bonus content. <laughs> ja Jamie's Isekai anime is is solving the Millennium Puzzle and then being taken by Pinhead to the Yu-Gi-Oh dimension to be <laughs> to be sexually tortured for all eternity. <laughs> oh no. No, show, oh, show no. me on the doll. Show me on the doll where they put the blue eyes white dragon. Thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, blue eyes white dragon. Oh no, there's the Celtic guardian. In the novel, the uh, puzzle box is being just is described as being wooden still, and but it's covered in a glossy black lacquer, so it looks a little bit different. Um, after fiddling with the box for some time, Frank manages to start to solve it, whether it is by luck or by some dark magic, like it wanted to be solved. It may have a will of its own. Um, or maybe it was just like one of those Facebook genius puzzles where they have two numbers in brackets and like everybody gets the question wrong. So, Well, I like to think it does what it do, Yugi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does what it do. <laughs> I, now I just want that crossover, frankly. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> With Jamie so, being the, the glue that holds them together. Yes. Yeah, 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 of course, of course. Yeah, Jamie is going to be like one of those, it, the nerdy anime student who is always late and almost getting hit by cars and is like goofily animated. Yep, um, yep. And I'm going to have a romantic interrelations with my teacher or my doctor or my... Uh, friend's mom, your, your or your dark magician, yeah. my dark magician. Yeah, yeah, it's all possible. <laughs> it could happen. Yeah. It's all possible. Yeah. Us just like just trying to force together the five things we know about anime. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I played Persona Five. What happened in that game? Oh, you you, tr you try and fuck everyone. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, honestly, this puzzle box sounds right at home in Persona. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where like uh whatever the kid's name is solves the puzzle box and then goes to a dimension where he gets to fuck his teacher. Yeah. <laughs> so once the box is solved, uh Frank finds himself somewhere new, uh face to face with four disturbing beings, which are the main subject of today's episode, the Cenobites. 
Right. Um, so they are, they are in the audiobook at least, they are revealed in the first, like, 45 seconds. And, and those are, got... like, those are, like, the pill bugs you find, like, in your bathroom, right? Around the sink and stuff? Uh, that's a silverfish, I think. Okay, my bad. Yeah. Completely, yeah. Uh, <laughs> completely different. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Cenobites are extra-dimensional beings who serve Leviathan, the god of flesh and desire. Uh, so unlike the mythical Leviathan, which we've definitely touched on a thousand yep. times now, in Pokemon, in uh, whatever, the, the a true story, the Greek one that we did, and definitely some other stuff. Um, it's, it's in Final it's Fantasy, too. Somewhere. Anyways. Yeah, it, Final Fantasy has a lot of like biblical name spells, like Bahamut, I think, yeah. and uh, Cloud or some shit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Another thing I'm very familiar if, with. Ifrit, Shiva. I think that yeah, those are like Cessation. Shiva. Shiva's a god, yeah. There's the one with the R. Ra ra ra. Ra 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 um, so Leviathan within the um, Cenobite universe and the Hellraiser universe is actually just this gigantic rotating crystal spraying out black mist above a labyrinth. The cool. labyrinth seems to be the entire extent of this dimension. In one of the Hellraiser films, like two people end up going there and you get to see a bit of it. Uh, there's like a like whatever, like a bramble forest on the outside, like some horrible thorny wood. Uh, and then just an infinite labyrinth out in front of you. And then the rotating crystal just, yeah. I ejecting it the pleasure dimension i knew mean i knew i should have taken that left at albuquerque <laughs> well, <laughs> let me ask you one question do you love puzzles yeah this could be your pleasure dimension it's not as much as being sodomized <laughs> <laughs> well wait till you Fair. get to the middle with the minotaur baby <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, like instead of the like the, the the ball of twine at the entrance of the uh, of the labyrinth, you've got like just like this huge fucking like bolt of bondage rope. You're just like, yeah, no, we're going to use this to find our way back out. I yeah, was thinking like candles, leashed. candles yeah. and flower petals, maybe. To, to yeah, <laughs> what's his, what's his name? Uh, who goes into the labyrinth and kills the minotaur? Theseus. Theseus, yeah, he's he like clips around the little dog collar and ties his leash to the entrance <laughs> of the labyrinth. He's like, oh, I'll be able to find my way out. Don't worry, yeah, guys. He's yeah. got the muzzle. He, he goes through the labyrinth on all fours, actually. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just like spray painted like a Dalmatian. <laughs> you can bring your uh, gimp on the Montreal Metro uh, as of now, as long as he has a muzzle. Yes, uh, I saw those signs. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yep. If you replace all the leather straps on your gimp over time, is it still the same gimp at the end of it? Oh, what's it? Of, of course. <laughs> he's gimp. Of his gimp. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Every seven years, yeah, your gimp completely regenerates every part in its body. It's still the same <laughs> gimp as it was before. <laughs> and then, then, then you've got the debate of like whether gimps have souls and is, is being human the, the body or the soul, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why i would never let my gimp go into a teleporter because it just it atomizes you and then rebuilds a new you on the other end so yeah, of course I, yeah. I know that's not the same gimp that i that i left with but if it has all the same thoughts and memories is it dude it's hard to say <laughs> no what a like, dumb way got... to approach a real <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking of like a jeff goldblum accidentally being in the teleporter with a gimp and then the entire movie the fly is about him like melting and turning into a gimp <laughs> and like horrifying gina davis 
<laughs> Which is a movie I've never seen, but I, I know the I know the premise because I saw the Simpsons parody once. Yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah. Uh, so while the film is called Hellraiser and the novella was called The Hellbound Heart, uh, the Cenobites do not call the realm Hell at all. It is never even referred to up until it, whatever the thirty fifth sequel that they released in the nineties. Sure. They keep it super vague and they simply call it another realm. Um, they serve Leviathan through an organization called the Order of the Gash, uh, the dual meaning of which reminds us of both open wounds and the absolute worst slang for vagina on the planet. In it my is opinion. a British slang, too. And if, if that's a British film, then... Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, Clive Barker, British British movie, but yeah, Order of the Gash is just... Order of the horrible. Axe Wound. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Ugh. It's just horrible, yeah. I hate those, yeah. Um, where was I? Right. So when summoned, uh, they're being described as uh, completely covered entirely in scar tissue, piercings, and open mutilation wounds. Then their black kind of leathery gimp suit clothing that is like artistically, uh, it's described as being a combination of like doctor, butcher, and bondage gear. So like the the longer the longer apron sort of like a thick apron like a doctor or a butcher would have and then all the straps and buckles and yeah, needles and shit going into them dress for the jobs you want right yeah exactly. yeah exactly <laughs> down here the stethoscope butcher. <laughs> down here the stethoscope's always cold <laughs> oh, my lesions <laughs> oh my gash <laughs> you brought it up peter i, I it's Clive Barker brought it up. I'm just okay. don't shoot the messenger, dude. Then uh, a sad clown or whoever requested this on Patreon or yeah, in, the, in the Discord, they brought it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some of their black uh, leathery clothing is like sewn into or even below their skin. Like some of their some of the straps are like under the flesh, like a belt loop would be in some okay. cases. Become okay. become gimp suit. Yes. <laughs> they're they're finally one. Uh, and their skin with- is. With like pins in, with your hand skin in school, you could grab like a pin off the board and like take the all the tiny, time tiny layer of skin. Yeah, all the time. Like yeah. I think until I was in high school, uh, if I ever got my hands on a thumbtack or like a push pin, I guess because the thumbtacks are the flat kind of brass ones. Um, if I ever got my hands on a on a push pin, yeah. I would always like you like push down. The whatever the little skin, the little manicure skin on your thumbnail, yeah, and then yeah, yeah just like poke the tiny little pain-free layer yeah. like all the time. Yeah. Oh, another thing um, that I totally don't recommend anyone do, but I found out uh, that at a pretty early age that um, stapling yourself as long as it's like in a meaty place doesn't really hurt that much. Doesn't hurt that bad. Yeah. Me and Jamie used to do that. <laughs> yeah, to freak out a really attractive French teacher. I like. I was like, Madame, Madame, and I stapled <laughs> my own chest. You are protagonist. <laughs> yeah, I, I put a staple in my gonna, own pet. Will you go to prom with me? She says no. Jamie staples his own chest. Will you go to prom with me? She says no. Jamie staples his own chest. <laughs> the forearms were spe- especially good. you can freak out girls by doing it. It's like clack. Put a, yeah. a staple. I've never in done that. Room. I know. Me, that me and Jamie. Me and Jamie one day in the library in history where it's history class we go to the library and we're just sitting there obviously goofing off and just like stapling our, our forearms and the teacher comes over and she's like miss edge was her name she goes there she's like what 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 are you guys yeah. what are you guys doing or whatever uh and we're like oh we're just uh, i don't know stapling our forearms it doesn't hurt that bad miss she's like oh could i see <laughs> yeah that's right i forgot she asked us to do it for her. Yeah. <laughs> 
we had like drawn pictures of what Miss Edge was going to look like because we learned her yeah. name before we met her. We're like because our what? teacher was going on pat leave. We had we yeah. had a Miss Tolhurst who was going on on mat leave, I should say. Yeah. Uh, and so we knew she was leaving, and she just said like, "Oh, Miss Edge is going to be replacing you." So we were we were picturing like like straight up commando Amazon Amazon woman. You know, oh, that'd be awesome. combat boots, knife in her mouth when she walked to the class. Like an action figure, basically. Yeah, yeah. exactly. GI Edge. We've got a pretty normal woman who is just vaguely interested in students stapling themselves. So <laughs> that one yeah. oh, no. She asked us to do it, and then to her credit, she said, Okay, stop doing that now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she asked us to show love... and she said, you know what? That's not more educational than I than I originally thought. So stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm thinking now of like teachers I had that like spoke the way kids spoke in high school in 2004 and I'm just like man I wonder what it's like to like be a student now because like I learned bad words from teachers and they would like tease kids like we had a couple of math <laughs> teachers who were like these two guys that were clearly friends in their like mid 40s who spoke like my dad basically <laughs> <laughs> just 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 like you know the, uh, uh, uncouth words yeah, it, yeah. like for then that everyone just thought was acceptable um especially now it's just like you're not gonna you're you're not gonna have a math teacher dropping our bombs at 11 30 in the morning anymore we had you this... might but they're not gonna keep their job and be adored by the students like uh mr ferguson was <laughs> <laughs> i don't know when we're gonna get back to, to school stories i'll just get one last one out we had an auto shop teacher was just like really angry and crotchety and mad, mad at everyone and he came in to be the the like substitute for our french class and it was time for like reading in front of the class uh, and he he did not speak french. he didn't speak french at all and he normally hated me like he got me to sent me to the office multiple times but he, i started he didn't really like any of us because we did a little too much goofing off and he was a very by the books i mean he's the shop yeah. teacher so he's like no goofing off he's exactly yeah. the he's like exactly the shop teacher teacher from south park where it's like yeah. If you goof off, you will be horribly maimed and die. Forever. Yeah, yeah like, I was, like, was going to say. <laughs> he would catch us like mid-push putting Bobby LaBerge in the recycling bin, pushing him down the hill. hill. And then yeah. he would come out, we'd all run away, and he'd just come out in a pile of papers. Like, yeah, exactly. But, so he wasn't uh, a fan of us, I guess. Yeah, yeah so, so he comes in, and uh, it's time for like open reading or whatever, and I put up my hand, and I just pretend that I don't know how to read in French at like, all. I'm like, le, like, le, le maison... A, le like a first grader like like oh, man. so bad and the whole class knows me because i'm in this class like, they're We're all, all laughing. laughing and he's like quiet 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 don't laugh at him go on yeah. james go on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay so you, you found the soft spot in his heart clearly. yeah, yeah exactly and yeah. just well, completely the illiterate kid exploited yeah. it completely exploited it yeah, too. Exactly. so everyone maybe, was secretly laughing yeah. maybe he was um maybe the the reason he found like a like a like a soulmate in you the illiterate student is because he is like uh, in trades he's a shop teacher because he too had trouble yeah. reading but yeah. boy howdy could he like was he an excellent carpenter oh yeah yeah he was good he was good at his auto shop stuff i used to make we used to make fun of him because he was like a bigger guy and he always had a spoon in his pocket he brought his own spoon from home and, uh, uh, yeah. did he have a pocket protector for it to not get like mashed potatoes in his clothes yeah, <laughs> yeah. anyway uh, that's a very long tangent he, he looked he looked exactly like the uh danny devito's penguin from batman forever oh he did uh, yeah just, Oof. Just a lot taller yeah yeah just like same kind of like beaky nose the hunch, yeah. Beaky nose. Yeah. yeah all that oh that's very crotchety that's yeah yeah that's tough um uh, actually that's a good i guess that's a pretty good transition because like 
um, Danny DeVito's Penguin from the Batman movie, the Cenobites also have dusty gray skin as they are coated in human ashes as well. So they have Kratos skin or or whatever. They're they're all the exact same shade of gray with the black clothing. Uh, their color palette's all identical. All the metal bits are like silver and chrome and bejeweled. That like all their torture devices. Okay. What if then Fifty Shades, got, open, 50 shades of Grey was all these perverts with all the open wounds and leash? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I I have not seen the movie nor read the book Fifty Shades of Grey, but that sounds like it. No. Uh, it does. Yeah. I'm all perverts. Sure that's... All perverts with various various levels of of torture porn. Yeah. I've only seen one picture of whatever the the main chick is, and the caption. I think it's like a screenshot from Netflix or something. Uh, she's holding like a clipboard or something, which is like the the bondage agreement that obviously Frank Cotton wouldn't be into. Right. And she's like asking her friend, like, what's a butt plug is just the only line of dialogue that I know. Can you want to say this contract, girl? Yeah. Girl? yeah. Um, listen, 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 sis. I'll tell you what a butt plug is, okay? But you yeah. sure you won't be signing this contract? <laughs> If you don't know what a butt plug is, you sure you know what you gave yourself into? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he's rich and has a helicopter. Yeah, and he's beautiful. And yeah. 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 Which, so. which actor was that? Somebody pull up the clip. Somebody, okay, why don't you start watching Fifty Shades of Grey right now while we talk about <laughs> the Cenobites, and we'll see how, if we can, we can see if Fifty Shades and Hellraiser are in the same universe. Okay. Okay. Um, so Jamie, the Cenobites. Dornan. Yeah, he's a handsome fella. I don't yeah. know if I've, I don't know if I've ever seen him in any. Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades of Grey. You seen that? Yeah. You were just talking about it. But I, I literally preface it by saying I've never <laughs> seen the movie nor read the book. <laughs> You're so familiar with Jamie Dornan, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what a butt plug is. clipboard. I did also earlier say I like sodomy. So yeah, um, like all my, my story's lining up here. Okay, it's true. And he does all have right. a baby, so he would know what a butt plug is before us. So. Yeah, 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 of I, course. As yeah. far as I understand how that works. Yeah. Well, yeah, because uh, I've, I've, I've had sex one time. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 That, that's yeah. how it works, right? You only need to have a sex a single time. Uh-huh. And there's and, a With butt a butt plug. plug yeah. And then you have a baby yeah. six months later, right? Mm-hmm. Something like that, yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. The butt plug keeps all the love inside. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> the love is just another word for head and shoulders and petroleum jelly. Okay? Yeah, of course, yes. <laughs> petroleum jelly, certainly. <laughs> so the Cenobites are apparently entirely sexless in the novella. Uh, they're described as having all indicators of sexual dimorphism, either removed or invisible. So they have no genitals, no breasts, nothing. They're all kind of uniform and un- androgynous looking. Uh, although um, when they're trying to convince Frank Cotton to like, they're just like, they have this weird disconnected way of speaking because they're emotionless, like BDSM demons. The final thing they do to convince him is three of them leave and one comes back, transforms into like a recognizable female figure, despite the fact she has severed tongues just sitting on her thighs, oh. uh, all all pointing at her pussy like a compass, basically. Oh, and that's right. the part where Frank is just like, oh, yeah, actually, no, I'll totally... The puzzle box was right. I'm going in for it. <laughs> uh, at which point uh, he is killed, basically. His soul is destroyed by what is known as a sensory overload, where he can, like... Like, he, he can taste his own tongue. He can hear his blood pumping. Like, all of it is just completely overwhelming. It is the ultimate sensory experience that does end up overwhelming him and 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 destroying his soul thus kind of having him captured within the cenobite realm yeah 
basically. And that's all in the intro in the book. In the film, uh, he solves the puzzle. A bunch of meat hooks on chains stick into him, and he just gets pulled apart. It's a little... I mean, it's less... It's lower budget, because it is, of course, a film they had to make and not a book written in the 80s. So those kind of the limitations there. It would be a sensation... It's kind of like a panic attack, though, like uh, being just overwhelmed by the most like normal things. Like, ah, oh, my God, I can feel my pants on every part of my legs. Uh, and like, fuck this. The noise yeah. in this room is just too much and I can't escape it. And like this and this and this is a sensory overload, man. Oh, it's boy, it's no. it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot like that is described as sensory overload, obviously yeah. taken to a, you know, magical extreme. But yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Can taste his teeth, all that stuff. Re- remember everything, smell everything, like all at sure. the same time. I, Next time you come um, over, my can, you hair tell me, can you tell me what my teeth taste like? I mean, I'm come... okay, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like whenever you just live somewhere, you know, you don't know your own smell or whatever, and then you come over. It's like, you, you know, when you visit your friends, their their the houses have like a smell. Yeah, yeah. Or you even if you've that. been like bumming around all day and then you go to buy beer in your bathrobe and socks and sandals and you come back into your home and you're yeah. just like, God, no one will ever love me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's been, it's been two weeks. We haven't really talked much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my dog is a UTI right now. There's been a couple times where I come in and I'm like, okay, I think I've got to mop that floor again. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so your, play, your place smells like usual then. <laughs> hey, I hope it doesn't always smell like dog piss. <laughs> I know. I, the, the only oppressive smells of your apartment that has ever been is like Mr. Clean. Because when you mop, you mop like a motherfucker. Uh, well, because I used to do my cleaning exactly before you guys would come over every week. Because yeah. uh, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm not really... I don't care about it that much in the week, but I guess people are coming over, so I should uh, tidy up a little bit. It's yeah. the perfect excuse to clean your house. Yeah. Yeah. Come yeah. Yep. For me, it's killing time, basically. It's just like, Depp closes at 11, I can't go buy beer, gotta do something. So it's just like, I'll vacuum at 10.30, and that'll kill 20 minutes, and then like, <laughs> that'll keep me indoors. <laughs> um, where am I here? Pete, Pete chained to his vacuum by a, a gimp leash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stop himself from buying beer. <laughs> yeah, the vacuum dynamics really changed since you stopped <laughs> drinking, because it used to be your, your it was changed to your radiator. Now you're chained to your vacuum. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, the, the weirdest part about uh, about doing sober October is getting like proper REM sleep and having insane fucking dreams. Speaking of another dimension between pain and pleasure, the the dream I had where you and I were in my high school at a Republican senator rally and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis was surrounded by a high school football team wearing a U.S. flag as a cape standing on a collapsible table was wild, especially because you in the dream was just like, let's go, Florida man. And then everyone in the room cheered and I woke up. (laughs) (laughs) That's still better than the mannequin dream, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so the androgynous nature of the Cenobites is completely abandoned in the films uh which it came out the following year it was basically just like limited prosthetics and actors available for a low budget film like they had to cast real people so the guy they cast as pinhead just looks like a bald guy uh so pinhead is very clearly male uh, the Cenobite known as Deep Throat is very clearly a woman. And then the um, other two, who are nicknamed Butterball and the Chatterer, <laughs> are very clearly male-coded as well. Isn't there a boxer um, named Butterball or something? Butterbean. Butterbean. Butterbean, yeah. He knocked Johnny Oxville out in a, in a clothing store. That's right. That's right. There, really? Jackass 4 just came out, I think, not long ago. 
Oh, Jackass Forever was great. I we yeah. talked about this before because I was back when back when Brendan got his apartment, we were watching movies constantly because he has like all the streaming services because he has like his grandparents, his parents, his ex girlfriend, like all these different yeah, passwords. All the pieces of Exodia that he's been collecting. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so we could summon any movie at any time, and one of them was Jackass Forever, and we definitely have talked about it, but. It's dumb fun. Like, I'm it's, watching it's 4.5 right now. It's on Netflix. Uh, the like, just it's all the excluded scenes or whatever. And oh, uh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's on. Uh, oh, I'm, I might check that out for yeah. uh, for a, a dumb laugh. Yeah. Um, fun little fact here. A little behind the scenes look into writing about trying to Google the Cenobite named Deep Throat. I wanted to write a water a Watergate water joke, <laughs> so I wrote Deep Throat Richard, and then I was just like, the results of this search will be completely irrelevant, so I just searched Deep Throat Watergate, and then got the <laughs> Wikipedia page, and I was like, okay, I, this I, this is correct. It's not some <laughs> other controversy. <laughs> I, I, was... I could not remember who Deep Throat was, whether it was the person who narked on Nixon or had like information about uh, JFK or some other CIA thing. Right. Like I, I could not remember it for the Nick. life of me. Guys, I was it, was, it was Nixon. Yeah. I was trying to trick my dog into taking her medicine today and I had hot dogs. And then I just said the word glizzy gate in my head. And I was like, okay, if we ever have a scandal, it's gotta be glizzy gate. All right. We, so we gotta come up with a hot dog scandal one of these days. All yeah, right. we gotta we gotta manufacture some drama, dude. We gotta we gotta bump off Amaranth yeah. or whatever. On I was there. I was yeah, gonna yeah, say yeah. like just despite the seemingly authentic horrible drama in the uh, gaming news right now, manufacturing drama is mad easy, dude. People believe anything they read on Twitter. They yeah. people do it all the time. Yeah, that's how they get uh, popular. Cool. That's what we gotta do. Yeah, Glizzy Game right, yeah. 2022. <laughs> we just need to get what's his name the the drama guy. Uh, Keemstar. Um, yeah, we just need to get his attention. Yeah, and then yeah, maybe he'll call us a slur in DMs, and then yeah, can, and then like, like then we H- could Uno reverse the drama on him. H three H three, he'll come up with a take too, and you'll fight against Keemstar on it. The Moist Crit will be like, listening to the Lore Boys is like listening to <laughs> <laughs> like listening to three guys fighting for a mic, and then they're all uh the mentally challenged or something like that. Like that's that, this. <laughs> fucking moist critical everything he does is a fucking a simile and it's a fucking trash take it, 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 it's like you know, i listened to this new album and it slaps like will smith at the oscars it's like shut the fuck up dude. <laughs> your critical take your critical impress is pretty pretty spot on honestly I, i've listened to him more than i'd like to but uh, we've got we got uh, jamie's on how many danger field and critical <laughs> Yeah, considering how much you seem to dislike him, I'm so surprised how much you I get apparently. He's he's in like the social circles of the streamers I watch. I guess they just gets all tangled together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I he's know. like one of the internet good guys, so he's like with everybody else who's like uh, anybody else who is approved by Hassan Piker is like associated <laughs> with uh, whatever uh, with Charlie. Yeah, yeah, Charlie. Um, speaking of people not approved by, by Charlie, uh, Butterball is not described in the novella, but the chatterer is, uh, he is described as having baboon lips, um, which are peeled back with metal hooks and like, I guess strapped to the top of his head or to his shoulders or something. Uh, if you want to open the next spoiler image, uh, just so you can see how fucked up baboon faces are, that's, uh, that's what they can do. Okay, this is funny. So I, I googled baboon lips as soon as you said it because I was like, what do baboon lips look like? <laughs> I got a very, a very different looking picture. 
Oh wait. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's a cute that's baboon. Not a baboon. That's that's like some sort of lamb I monkey. Just, I just typed baboon lips and I misspelled baboon, and that's what it, it gave me. It now looks I like baboon correctly. And it's so it looks like a baboon with like an Instagram beauty filter or something. Yeah, you know? it does. It's got like the plump like lips and like no. Blemishes. It's got great hair too. It's got yeah. like a perfect little like the oh, upward yeah. quaffed cowlick Quaff, there. Yeah. yeah. So baboon lips does seem to be the name of like a beauty trend where it's like over collagen lips. Oh, that's why it does look that's like horrible. That. Yeah. The reference image that we have here is so there's you've got the two pictures of this weird glam monkey, this Instagram monkey, then a chick whose lips are fucked up. And then you've got the reference image that I had here where if you guys want to Google baboon lips, baboons can like flip up their top lip completely over their nose and then just expose their teeth. Uh, that's what the chatterer looks like, except it's held up with hooks. And yeah. it's like, so yeah. baboons have like, like two and a half inch like fangs. Uh, and like, they have like the tusks on the bottom, which are like quite sharp. Uh, and then this thing, it, it's very much like, like predator, right? You guys, uh, I know it's, it's an audio podcast. Have you ever tried and flip your, top over your nose you really can't do it yeah i can't do it no i i could probably do it if i i tried imagine all the imagine the guy who's walking through uh the warehouse right now and he sees the forklift certified guy just baring his teeth (laughs) you say that you say that that is gonna happen and people are gonna tell us because we totally had some dude driving a fucking forklift trying to overlay his hands to figure out what the frenzied flame looked like (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna happen i'm glad we're a hazard to public health yeah Yeah, well i was was gonna say as far as osha is concerned at least someone just like grimacing at the mirror in their forklift and they keep both hands on the controls in this case right (laughs) this is much much safer uh so we were talking about pinhead and butterball and whatnot the names of the cenobites were originally nicknames given by fans of the film uh shockingly uh, the official name of the obese fetish monster was not in fact butterball (laughs) uh clive barker originally hated the name Pinhead, because obviously calling someone a Pinhead is just like, ah, you dumbass, basically. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, like, I guess he just didn't think that through, or he's just like, oh boy, I love this, I love this design. If you want to open the next spoiler image, he did a he did a sketch of Pinhead, and he's just like, yeah, this ah, this creepy bondage monster covered in needles. It's just like, well, like, what are you gonna call him? It's like, oh, I haven't decided yet. It, it, it's somebody, I guess, for people who don't know what Pinhead looks like, it is it, it's somebody who realized they left the stove on at the end of an acupuncture session right <laughs> runs yes. on it with all the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. um in the first film uh he is credited as lead cenobite uh he does not have a name in the original movie uh just the actor is credited as lead cenobite and the rank is only given to him because he's the one who spoke first deep throat in that one is simply credited as female cenobite and then the chatterer and butterball do not speak. Um, oh, actually, Butterball. Uh, considering one of the few animes I've actually watched, Butterball. If for anybody, this comparison is going to make any sense. One of the five members of the God Hand is this hunched-over little goblin man with goggles and like tented fingers and like open, like fat lips. That's okay. what Butterball looks like. A very like little little thing. Very weird. But in fetish gear, instead of being like a little sprite thing. Okay. I'm picturing um, what you drew Gordon Ramsay as in the Alita episode, but not not far off. Uh, not far yeah. off, but with goggles. Okay. 
Yeah, like steampunk Alita Gordon Ramsay, if that's an easier reference for you, James. For me, it was, because I've seen you draw it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And not, uh, not one of the members of the God Hand. Yeah. Um, the one thing that was left out of the film for the obvious reason that the actor had to speak his lines is that the, uh, the novella Cenobite, that is Pinhead, actually has a bunch of needles in his tongue as well, or in its tongue, I suppose. Ooh. Um, face, its entire body, and in its tongue is all uh, like these bejeweled, uh, I mean, it, pins, basically. Like if, yeah. if you've ever sewn anything, the fastening pins with the big kind of fat handle, the thing that you, you use something to hold it in place, those, those are what's in there with jewels on the end, basically. Yeah. Oh uh, our listeners know what pins are. They're How does this guy even go to the airport? <laughs> oh, it takes so long. It's just like, yeah, sir, please put everything in the bin. He's just like yeah. hundreds Beak. of pins. Beak. Yeah. Beak. yeah. Um, so, yeah, in the in the book, he could write perfectly fine. But in the movie, he, he was always, it's hard to write this. So we're going to get into the only character, the only Cenobite character within the novella that actually has a name after the break. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wish granted, and thank you for listening to that ad, everybody. That is one one-thousandth of a cent back into the show. And we invest every cent back into it. So you can really, whatever they just tried to sell you, it's coming back. Yeah. And it's coming back in gold for Jamie's World of Warcraft. You said that more than once. I have separate bank accounts. I work my real life job for my wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I put aside our our Patreon money for show investments. Our daddy lore bucks, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So prior to the break, I had mentioned that uh, none of the actual Cenobites are named, other than. One in the novella. There is one entity in the novella with a name, and it is called, I guess it's more of a job. Uh, it is called the Engineer. Uh, it is some kind of non cenobite ancient demon uh, with a head that is made up of like a cone of white fire, and the rest of the body is scaly, kind of like a, it's described as a combination of scaly and human skin. Uh, in the film, I don't know why the fuck they did this. Uh, if you guys want to open the next spoiler image, you'll notice an upside down gooey puppet, and they thought that was better for some reason. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of like um, kind of got like a scorpion esque like look to its tailbone, which is uh, what is it called, the vestigial tail? I guess. Yeah. This one? Yeah. yeah. I don't uh, know, man. And then, yeah. Head where it's, it's head where its crotch is supposed to be. Big ugly head. Really, what it seems like is like if if a monster walked in and it had a a scorpion thing for a face, and a face for a 
crotch. Yeah, or but, it looks like its head could be like um, it's kind of got like mole hands, and it's oh, kind yeah. of got uh, like a mole esque face. It does. Or maybe like if a hummingbird like beak was made out of flesh and it didn't have eyes and the beak didn't open. Yeah. So moles, okay, uh, yeah. little known fact, moles like while they're tunneling, they don't need to see in front of them, so they have a face in their grundle so they can see what's coming from behind <laughs> them. <laughs> like this monster. You can't. Uh, so another fun known fact about moles: you can't put a butt plug in a mole because it's uh, it's got a face. It's a face plug. Yeah, that becomes a pacifier, right? Uh... Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, huh? yeah. I'm a dad now. If you want to waterproof yourself, you, you need a pacifier and a butt plug, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if anyone uh, noticed, I was having some struggles with my mic. Just decided to completely stop working uh, as soon as I hit the break. So we're using the headset mic now. So sorry for the lower quality. If anybody has noticed a shocking dip in quality of the Lore Boys, that's yeah. why. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Lore Boys here coming at you guys live and hot. <laughs> <laughs> So as the Hollywood machine continued to churn out content, like some kind of shrieking crystal pyramid at the vertex of pain and pleasure, uh, more information was written into the backstories of the Cenobites and their puzzle box, now puzzle boxes. Uh, more Cenobites were added as well. Uh, some awesome, like Angelique, uh, who is a woman where the top of her head, she's bald, and the top of her head is completely peeled open, um, exposing her skull. Mm. And like metal threads have the skin flaps of the top of her skull strapped down to like where you'd have the shoulder straps of a of like an elegant dress. Oh, yeah. um, others are utterly idiotic, right. like CD, uh, who is a Cenobite who has five CDs in his head. <laughs> he's okay, like the latest cool. cars uh, from the 1996 era i can have five <laughs> cds in at once and, and rotate them so you never have to put them in and out yeah. i mean exactly even better than that he's got like a cartoonishly like stretched to either side mouth and he's got it, like... which is also a cd there's a cd in his mouth too <laughs> oh it's a cd it's like a cd tray it's like when yeah, you yeah, load yeah. the cd is his mouth oh it's, my it, god and you know like we we saw jamie's playstation i can't remember really? if that was on the bonus content or mm-hmm. on the on the regular episode but you know the little kind of foamy lips that guide your cd into the tray without scratching it that's what his that's what his mouth is yeah 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 right there ladies and gentlemen for who can't see anything yeah, yeah. Um, Jamie's holding his PS4 up to the game. I keep it next But yeah, to like, like uh, camera head, piston head, and CD are very much like Hollywood brain death on full display, understanding absolutely nothing about the thing that they're adapting, and just thinking like, well, people like Pinhead because he's got pins in his head, so what if the next toy that we release is a guy with different stuff in his head? Yeah. And we just <laughs> name him after the stuff basically. All right. We need, we need 15 different things to put in somebody's head on my desk by the end of the day, Johnson. <laughs> it's just a guy in his garage. He's got like a CD yeah. player, a pistons, yeah. a camera yeah. for some yeah. reason. So, wait, wait. That's a good idea. Put a pin in that. Wait. Wait. That. <laughs> no, no. Jeez. That one's been taken. Yeah. <laughs> oh, damn. Really thought we had something there with Pinhead, but it's yeah. already done. Yeah. It'd be so funny if like the guy shows up to the business meeting with his in quotes, new character Pinhead, and then it's like literally the exact same drawing as the one, and he's just like, oh fuck, and he's like tears it off and throws it away. It's like, what did you have, Johnson? It's like, uh, n- nothing this time, sir. I'm sorry, no daily today. <laughs> uh, so as I had mentioned earlier, the puzzle boxes were created by Philippe Le Marchand, who was a French architect, Freemason, and occultist, uh, born sometime in the late 17th century, who has a goofy fucking portrait if you guys want to open the next image and uh describe this man to the listeners okay yeah very um 
<laughs> yeah, so he's got like like Angelic had uh the the like strings attaching the skin on top of her head to her shoulders, like like very taut. This guy like guitar has, wires. Like, yeah, this guy clearly has like invisible puppeteer strings like holding him upright. Like he's got great posture, but they're holding him upright by his eyebrows. Yeah. Just, like, <laughs> like halfway through his forehead. Uh he's wearing like uh I guess like Victorian noble clothes or maybe pre-victorian noble clothes he's got you know. pug eyes they're really got pug eyes yeah yeah, yeah he does yeah yeah it's a very goofy cartoon portrait um uh, for some reason found it all very confusing maybe because i was writing in this episode after a full day of work uh philippe de marchand is not a fictionalized version of a real french like weird guy he is completely fake made okay. up for the for the hellraiser fiction i thought it would have been just like some kind of oddball from a history that was adapted into a, like puzzle box crafting occultist but no mm. like this one here completely fake he looks like just like a really disagreeable aristocrat like i don't know what what else to... the regular aristocrat basically yeah yeah, yeah he, he could be if he had a better haircut he could be uh count dracula right? he could be a dracula <laughs> easy yeah he could yeah. be a dracula um, so Le Marchand became famous for making music boxes uh, and wind up singing birds uh, and then eventually puzzle boxes. Uh, the puzzle boxes became sought, some of the most sought after curiosities in all of Europe at the time, as they were said to reveal great secrets and pleasures uh, if and when they were solved. So I'd like to imagine a bunch of like people with their snuff tins just like lounging about on huge velvet couches trying to solve these puzzle boxes and then being whatever, like, teleported to the masochism dimension because they want to figure out why kids love the taste of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. And like, <laughs> and, like, that being a thing in Europe, that was, like, super, super fucking, like... You'd marry off your daughter to some, like, whatever, gout-ridden lord because his family owns one of the, like, fucking puzzle boxes or something oh, like that. Gout sounds awful, by the way. I hope that none of us ever need to experience that. My dad has had it, and then he reduced the amount of booze he was consuming. It's, it's from, you can I see from Ethan Googling stuff. it. It's rich. When you consume too much rich food, there's a yeah. buildup of lactic acid, lactic acid between, like, the joints of your feet. And it just, like, the apparently if you drop, like, a tissue on your foot, it is painful. Like, yeah, okay. my, it's just my dad had it, and then a friend yeah. of mine had it as well from a shitty diet, and he changed his diet. And because it's not just a booze thing, but it's from a lot of different things. Yeah. My buddy who had it described it as as if every tendon in his foot was covered in spines. Yeah, apparently, like so, so the painful. worst fucking thing on the planet. And I yeah. see it from eating too many sweets and stuff, so that's kind of yeah. scary. Too many jolly, too much cinnamon toast crunch. Frankly, like that's the <laughs> that's the dimension of pain and pleasure that you get teleported into. Guys, I've, I've had four Oreos tonight. Oh no! <laughs> I plan on having more. Honestly, this this hasn't put me off. <laughs> four Oreos is not even like on the off chance that I have any. I would grab easily the row. Right, <laughs> like someone, like someone at a poker table with a gambling addiction. Like I'm taking the whole fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm all in. I'm yeah, all in on this on this sleeve of Oreo cookies. I went to the diner no, earlier and I got a brownie, and now I think I'll just leave it for another day because yeah, I don't want I don't want to get the gout. <laughs> too rich, yeah. yeah, too rich for my feet. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, I, I always uh, I always get the thin Oreos though, so I could probably do two rows without getting gout because. Controversial <laughs> opinion. If we all have our hot takes out uh, on display, I don't like the Oreo frosting. Uh, oh. My favorite. My favorite thing. Why even buy Oreos then? Dude, my favorite. The cookie's delicious. My favorite thing was the like divorced woman Oreos. The like yeah. the the snacksations or whatever. The little bag of just like tiny hexagonal cookie. Oh yeah. That was 
like yeah. 100 calories per bag or some shit. That that was my jam. Like a chocolate I, dunker, right? I yeah. don't minus ever, the frosting. I don't ever yeah. buy cookies because I live alone, and if I buy a thing of cookies and like that's just me eating an entire thing of cookies and I'm committing to this, you know? So yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't ever buy them, but I can I, fuck up a box of celebration cookies right now. Oh dude. I, but, I always, I always have cookies in the house pretty much. Like, oh yeah, man. Big cookie guy. I yeah. like the chewy ones, like the, the like soft chocolate chip ones. Yeah. Those oh, ones yeah. are so good. And those like, are better. They don't, they don't keep as long. No, they Probably. don't. Those you got to eat fast. Those yeah. you got to get out for. We went to school with someone who makes <laughs> yeah. the celebration cookies or whatever. The, her yeah. dad is the owner. She's the, of... she's the heiress to the Leclerc cookie yeah. fortune. It, oh, it's Leclerc because I went to I went to school with a different cookie heiress, Felix and Morton. <laughs> oh, wow! Well, <laughs> we, know, we know all the cookie barons. Well, yeah, we're in <laughs> with the cookie barons. <laughs> I, I'm gonna. I swear to God, I'm gonna marry her to get her dad's fucking puzzle box, dude. Don't fucking stop. <laughs> <laughs> and her dad's goat. Yeah. <laughs> So after uh, creating an estimated 270 puzzle boxes, Le Marchand disappeared. Uh, conspiracy theorists will have you believe that his disappearance was somehow linked to his creation of hundreds of mysterious puzzle boxes. But I, a skeptical modern journalist, have decided not to investigate it whatsoever. The creation of the puzzle boxes was always part of the fiction. Uh, Frank Cotton comments on the like how weird it is that this guy who used to make wind up singing birds and music boxes made these insanely intricate like puzzles as well, like within the few first paragraphs of the Hellbound Heart. The origins of the Cenobites, however, is added in like Hellraiser three, I think, is when they start adding in the lore. Um, so for the sake of time, uh, we'll focus on Pinhead, who is the most recognizable Cenobite, like. Everybody knows who Pinhead is. Ethan even knew. Yeah, yeah, he's like he's he's as iconic as Jason Voorhees or Freddy Krueger. Even if you've never seen uh, Nightmare on Elm Street or the whatever Halloween? the fucking Friday Jason the movies 13th. are called, Halloween. Yeah, there we go. Oh no, Halloween is Mike Myers. Yes, yeah. not yeah. Mike Myers of Austin Powers fan. Friday the Thirteenth no. Two, Friday to the Thirteenth Part Three, Friday the Fourteenth Minus One. I. They have like Jason a million X is, of them. Right, he goes to yeah. the future. Uh, which, uh, I, I have not seen, but my neighbor had it on VHS. I, I distinctly remember the box on his mom's bookshelf. Nice. Um, right, so the Cenobites uh, are created when two souls are merged in a new body. Uh, one soul uh, within Pinhead is one of uh, Zipe Totek, who was a Mayan prince from 687 AD, and the soul of Elliot Spencer, a British army veteran born in 1887. This is like uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Just... I, I love it when it all comes together. I love it when a, when a goof comes together, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but the Millennium Pyramid would be a step pyramid, obviously. The necklace would look different in this, but... Right, right, right. What do you still have the eye. Yeah. What, are, what are you doing, step pyramid? Yeah, yeah, cl classic. Thanks, guys. <laughs> so, Zipe Totek was introduced in the Pinhead comics, uh, and the little tagline, like, you know, there's... Um, if you've ever seen a, a comic cover, there's, like, the little box that has, like, a what to expect within sort of thing, like a little tagline. Yeah. The tagline box on the cover states that heads will roll, pinheads, yours, and Mayan. Oh, <laughs> oh gotcha. Which is very good. Chuckle, chuckle, chuckle. 
Um, the Pinhead comics, I think, may have been some kind of parody involving time travel, but I didn't really look into it too much. Uh, one last picture I want you guys to open up is uh, a cover of one of the Pinhead comics in which uh, Pinhead appears to be trying to recruit a gay clown named Zippy into the Order of the Gash, but old Zippy simply says, Are we having fun yet? While drinking out of a can of something labeled Clam and Lime through a pink crazy straw. All right, fits right in with us. Yeah, that that was another goof coming together moment when I saw that. I was just like, damn, dude, we've got our second G Fuel flavor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so I don't know who Zippy is, but I will say I was on Clive Barker's Wikipedia page at the beginning of this episode just doing some, some uh, skim reading, uh, and I was looking at his theatrical work. He had a brief stint in uh, stage plays, one of which is a clown Sodom, and I'm wondering now if that wow. features Zippy the Clown. Oh, okay, yeah. That's interesting. I don't know, though, because this is Super Team Family. This is a DC comic. It might be a DC character. Probably makes more sense than DC publishing uh, <laughs> a character from a clown Sodom yeah. <laughs> in their Super Team Family comics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, he's. I guess he's He's feeding him what looks like Mae Wests. Yeah. Do they have Mae Wests in the States? Uh, uh, they're like ho-ho's. Okay, uh, yeah. yeah. It, it, Zippy on the cover is also eating ho-ho's, some kind of sauce, and clam and lime. And um, I, f- I forgot, there, there's actually two speech bubbles where uh, Pinhead is also just screaming yeah. at him, saying, Sorry, let's not, be your not last... Ho- not ho-ho's, they're ding-dongs. Excuse oh. me. Ding-dongs. Based Sorry. on what we set up, though, it makes a lot of sense that a gay clown likes ding-dongs and not the order <laughs> of the gash, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, Pinhead well, then why is drinking clam juice, wrong. Jamie? Oh, that's why right. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh that's Okay, right. so I'd like to uh, retract my previous statement for the stenographers by clown. So <laughs> ding-dongs and clam juice. Okay, yeah, exactly. Good. All ding-dongs and clam juice. <laughs> <laughs> You, they, like you know they keep adding bullshit to the pride flag like next next pride year like next june there's just gonna be a big fucking clam on it too just like yeah whatever everybody's here i wonder why they're called ding dongs you think they used to be like delivered to your front door or something and then you'd ring the doorbell and they'd be like ding dong it's my ding dongs or something right. seriously doubt it I, I don't think I the mailman the milkman and then the whatever the hostess cake man <laughs> like an a, a a drug-addled housewife could handle any more cock, frankly. I wish, yeah. <laughs> I wish I could call my mailman a ding-dong. The, the etymology is, I'm going to guess, a uh, whatever marketing uh, firm hostess employed during the 1960s. It was some yeah. John Hamm-esque character uh, drunk at 1.30 p.m. in the afternoon who said, oh, yeah. fuck it, call them ding-dongs. Yeah, yeah who doesn't <laughs> like that we got to take a look at this. Yeah. How do we convince people to eat chocolate bread? <laughs> Call them ding dongs. Yeah. <laughs> Call them ding dong. You ding dong. Yeah. It rolls <laughs> off. Or it's like an idea he stole from the talented secretary. Yeah. <laughs> it rolls off the tongue. It ring rongs in the ear or something. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> he's got like the easel, like picture of a cake, picture of a bell, and then he's yeah. just like, Call them ding dongs. <laughs> <laughs> so uh moving past uh Zippy Totek and um, and Zippy, uh, Elliot Spencer. Uh, this is a much more authentic origin. The comics came out after the films, and uh, Elliot Spencer is in the intro of one of the movies. I think in Hellraiser three. Elliot Spencer served in the British Army in the First World War. Uh, originally, he was a caring and empathetic captain, right up until uh, fighting through the many battles of Flanders. 
Uh, so he first lost face, faith in humanity and then finally faith in God, witnessing the cruelty and violence of the battlefield. After the war, suffering from both survivor's guilt and PTSD, uh, he travels what is left of the British Empire, indulging himself in various forms of hedonism, so sex, drugs, gambling, all that, all, all the good stuff. He's earned it. Fun fact, uh, you know, because he was traumatized at Flanders Field, all of Pinhead's pins are actually the discarded pins from poppies when you're done after <laughs> Memorial Day. So this is actually also our Memorial Day episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right, well, we release this. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, we better record another episode after this, guys, at 10 p.m. before release date. So we can <laughs> yeah, save better this write and record a new episode. Yeah. 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 So, so, so we record it at four in the morning and release it three hours later. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> One hour later. We go up at 5 a.m., maybe. Oh, Hon- Christ, dude. Honestly, I've, there's been a lot of nights for me going to bed at 5 a.m., so I could probably. Uh, <laughs> I could me probably too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Me too, yeah. <laughs> Not me, man. I'm sleeping like a... I, I, I mean, I guess this doesn't mean anything to Ethan anymore. I've been sleeping like a baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need some new idioms for our new, uh, our new situation. Um, so eventually, while traveling the British Empire and indulging himself in sex, drugs, and gambling, uh, uh, Spencer finally came across a, one of the many puzzle boxes in British India. Uh, we can assume that the engineer took Spencer and turned him into Pinhead rather than push his senses to the limit or pull him apart with different torture devices. Spencer, having already lost much of his empathy and humanity in war, was the perfect candidate to be transformed into a cold and unfeeling hell priest of the Order of the Gash. Cool. Um, his role has in the universe has changed with the popularity of the films, like I said. Originally, like in the novella, uh, he's merely one of many Cenobites that just shows up when you open the puzzle box to take you to the, you know, the the labyrinth beneath the god of flesh and pleasure or whatever, because it's just his job. It's basically, the, the puzzle box is basically like the business card that you use to call him. And he's like, yep, all right, unending pleasure and sensory sensory overload. You called for it, and here's your delivery, basically. Um, eventually, due to the popularity of the character and Hollywood being Hollywood, uh, he became much more of like an active antagonist. The antagonist of the novella and the first film is Frank Cotton, as, as well as his uh, sister-in-law, Julia. So... It happens early in the film, which I still think you should watch, but Frank Cotton manages to escape the Cenobite realm at the beginning and through incredible practical effects is like brought back from the dead. And prior to dying, well, dying, being, you know, whisked away into the into the Cenobite oh. dimension, he had been sleeping with his brother's wife, Julia, and they restart their affair where she starts to seduce men and bring them to the house to have them murdered in the attic so that he can then absorb their life force and, like, reconstitute his body. But he's very much like a reverse Voldemort sort of thing. He starts as, like, a gross little baby skeleton and then eventually grows back into a full-grown full man, basically. He's like a Dr. Frankenstein if the Dr. Frankenstein was the monster. <laughs> exactly. Oppo- uh, rather than the monster. Right, right. right. Okay, let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to dive into this. Let's just move on. This this episode's gone too long for for Jamie to handle Peter and I's shenanigans. Yeah, (laughs) my dog is also having pee-pee problems, and she's barking at me, and I'm like, and "Ah, you've had brutal technical issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just move on. Jamie's basically recording on like a a turntable at this point because his computer just decided to stop working at quarter after ten. I I don't even know what to. 
I think it's vo- it, I think it all comes down to voice meter. Our very free, very weird acting uh, software to make us all yeah. come into one channel together. Oh, we couldn't live without it at this we point. No, it, it's it's got us this far, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, after kind of replacing human antagonists, or I guess like greed and passion as the antagonist, um, Pinhead ended up becoming like the leader of the Cenobites, which is why he always had a different crew of like guys with CDs in their faces, because he was the leader of the new action figures for the seventh sequel, basically. What is that? The CD guy's like superpowers or like even purpose. Like, why does he exist other than to be weird? So it's funny. I have a point about him. Um, I don't know why he is that way, um, but not all Cenobites require a human soul to be created. Angelique, who I talk about constantly just because I think she's the coolest looking one personally. Um, she was a demon living within Leviathan's realm who is then kind of promoted to Cenobite. Uh, whereas, and then Butterball was like an obese pervert. So now he's still that. Uh, CD was a DJ, which is, I guess, the worst oh. one. okay that's it i don't know what his purpose in the film is or which film he's even in i didn't get that granular but yeah man he used to be a dj okay he's he is a mute and blind cenobite who makes electronic noises whenever he moves once a dj for the boiler room the i guess the gimp club that uh clyde barker that was cell block 28 or something but yeah i guess it would be uh analogous to that It'd be analogous to that. Another old story from my stepbrother and I, um, we used to have a stack of CDs because you could burn CDs back in our youth. And we would take the blank CDs and we would throw them at each other and try and catch them without the edges touching us because we felt we would be prepared if someone threw a saw blade at us that we'd be able to catch it with like okay, yeah. toom, without the, the uh, a cd sized saw blade a small that, saw blade that's yeah. right yeah a small we, circular saw there blade. was a pillar in our basement and we would like wanted curve it around the pillar and like try and catch it and stuff and yeah sometimes i know a, fr- a friend of mine's little brother got hit in the face and it cut his forehead open because oh. uh, that's just a lot of kids threw cds at each other because like you buy a stack of 800 and yeah. use six they and even then have just... like the blank ones on top that you can't even write a cd it's just a plastic basically you can yeah. throw it yeah it yeah exactly a plastic <laughs> divider for their counting machine or whatever yeah, yeah. for the factory yeah. i i threw away i think a hundred blank cds that i moved like three or four different apartments with <laughs> and i don't think i ever used a single one of them it was just a thing i thought i would need basically I used to burn my cds and then i would draw with permanent marker on them like checkered patterns like jamie's mix number six and like put yeah. like like really cool designs on them and like it'd be like i don't know like three days grace i hate everything about you and just listening to it in my basement i think it was very cool so i can hear ice barking and it's perfect timing because despite getting maybe a little complicated and goofy with the seemingly i mean a new one came out probably this fucking week the completely (laughs) endless sequels to the original hellraiser the original movie is still absolutely fantastic i think it's worth watching it's an excellent haunted house film um, and the audiobook, while well, I only listened to about an hour of it, the voice actor, I can link it in the script if anybody's interested, the voice actor has a bunch of, like, Foley work behind him and shit, too, so he really went all in and has a very charming British accent. So um, he, had a, he had a stack of papers and a cutting board? Uh, yeah, he did. <laughs> the lower boys gold standard for good Foley work? Good Foley yeah. work, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> only gets better with time. <laughs> so I have been your host. I've been your puzzle box, Peter Odonio. You can find me at Lore Boys Podcast on Instagram or head on over to Discord, which is linked below. Uh, Jamie. 
uh james miller check me out on the discord get in that link um we 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 we, we hang out all the time yeah. And oh, who are, who are you, Philip Lamarchand? Yeah, three impressions. Yeah, if you play WoW Classic, uh, fairly in a horde side, you nipple is my uni pal, Adin. So you, I, you, the letter U, like you, university of nipple, and then nipple exactly right after that. So come hang out, play some games with me, or hop into Discord and uh, chat with me. Uh, I'm probably gonna be branching out to other games now since I've I've gotten all my the gear I need for now. So. Uh, thank you also so much for the birthday gifts, um, Forshi, um, Dwarf, and Darnell all got me a Steam game for my birthday just Aww. before, and, uh, yeah, thank you so much to all three of you. Consider yourself shouted out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening, everybody. If you want to join the Discord, like Tubi says, check out the link in the description below. We also have a merch store, which we update when the merch site works. Uh, but if yep. you guys want any, any of Pete's art that you want to see featured on it, other than uh, anything tangentially related to Disney, because we get copyright strike for it. Uh, instantly. <laughs> instantly, pretty much. Um, you could just uh, send us a request on the Discord. We'll make sure to do it. You can also send us emails at contact at lowboys.com or lowboyspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and we'll, we'll read them eventually whenever we do another mailbag someday. Uh, someday, some way, somehow. Um, we'll get back to you. Uh, if you guys want to support the show financially, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash thelorboys, uh, where you could um, get the loser titles for uh, each week's episodes. You get the bonus content, which Jamie diligently and without fail uploads every week uh, on time. Uh, you can get access to scripts sometimes when we uh, remember to upload them uh, to the site afterwards. Uh, we have, like, I don't know, hours of hours of bonus content at this point, so... Uh, probably it's got to be like 15 hours at this point i probably get like there. a full ass hour this week because i neglected last week so you'll get a lot <laughs> this week but yeah. yeah so um yeah if you want to hear us just more uh more off the cuff more just chatting about our lives and about things that are going on that's a great place to do it great place to hang out um patreon.com slash that's where you can find that and if you want to sell your soul for a puzzle box uh <laughs> you can head on over to loreboysprime.com uh we are working on puzzle boxes we're basically hollowing out um uh rubik's cubes and we're filling them with razor blades uh, <laughs> to, uh we know halloween's coming up and we know there's gonna be a lot of eager trick-or-treaters out there oh, yeah. uh so uh we want to make sure that all our our lore boys lore primers or lore, lore prime folks um are, are are ready for the trick-or-treaters you know what i mean yeah. we want you guys to uh submit to us your your uh best and spookiest Halloween uh, ideas, maybe something like, uh, you know, bunting, where you're like a horrific apparition that has just like uh, foam filling kind of glued to their head all over the place. You know, <laughs> Come you to what? our door. Come yeah. to our door. You can uh, ding dong and leave with a ding dong. Yeah. Probably, you can yeah. ding dong ditch, but don't ditch before you get a ding dong. <laughs> Better not. Uh, that would have been a very good catch. If you were drunk at 1.30 in a marketing agency in New York City, that would have been great. <laughs> You can, uh, yeah, you can be Ding Dong Head for in the Lore Boys Hell Army. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can hoe around so for a holo. We just need a picture of you with a bunch of Ding Dongs glued and or taped to your head. Uh, that's really all, all it's going to take to sell your soul to, to this Hell Army. Uh, I think that would constitute a Lore Boys. Lore Boys. Out. Out. Oh, it was Gore Bones. Gore, gore Bones out. Gore uh, Hellraiser. Gash gone. Bones out. Hmm. <laughs>
Yeah, not, I guess I not, didn't even know there was a mother plot based on the trailers. I like the that that was news to me. It got me, dude. I was tearing up. I was all like sensitive and stuff. I'd been out all the whole night before. I have my own uh, dead mom and stuff. I'm like, oh man, this is so much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You've been yeah. away for 21 hours at that point, <laughs> crying watching anime. <laughs> hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 